are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, back after a day of travel, unable to record the other day, but we had some summer league today. The, or yesterday, I should say. The Pelicans beating the Oklahoma City Thunder 80-65, to closing out games and playing defense. The opposite of what they were last year. We'll get into the impressive performances from a rookie. Which one? Was it Trey Marshall? Was it, uh, not Trey Marshall, Trey Murphy? Was it Herb Jones? Was it both? How did Najee Marshall do? Because he's been a very big bright spot, at least through the first game. Uh, so we'll recap Summer League over the first two segments. Then in the third segment, Josh Hart, what's going on there? Is there a sign and trade on the table for maybe bringing back Buddy Heald? Is that even the best move? At this point, and I'm not so sure, and I'll let you know what I think coming up in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So for the Pels, Summer League Pels, an 80-65 to win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. No Josh Giddy, by the way, for the Thunder in this one. Look, this has been a fun start to Summer League for New Orleans. I'm going to caution everyone right off the bat. It's Summer League. You're going against guys that are barely in the NBA if they're in the NBA at all. And a lot of these guys, most of these guys aren't going to be in the NBA. And some of these draft picks are still raw, young, growing. Dominant performances here doesn't mean someone's going to make a roster or get significant minutes in their first season. Remember, we saw Didi kind of light up Summer League in his first one a couple of years ago and then didn't play in the NBA for basically two whole seasons. He wasn't ready. Keep that in mind as good as people look. And there are people that look very good for New Orleans right now. We talked about Trey Murphy bombing six threes in the first Summer League game. He came down to earth in terms of three-point shooting in this one. 0 for 3, but he finished with 10 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, and 4 of 7 from the field. He was perfect everywhere else other than from the three-point line. This is what I mean. Don't read too much into, say, a uh, 6-3 performance. Be like, dude's going to light it up. He's going to have off games too. And they're going to happen in Summer League. But he showed he can score and impact the game offensively in other ways. And that's what I loved about him in this one. Whether it was a floater, whether it was some ball handling moves. And don't forget, he was a two guard before getting uh, having a growth spurt. So he's got better ball handling, I think, than some people realize it, even if his handle is a little bit loose. But he put his dude on skates, nailed a floater off the glass, has that kind of in-between game. We saw in game one that he can get to the rim. There's shades of him being a three-level scorer. Maybe not an elite three-level scorer, but he can get his shot and score points, at least in Summer League, in all three of those areas. That's an encouraging thing to see. But of the rookies, of the people who impressed, it wasn't so much Trey Murphy in this one as it was Herb Jones, their second-round pick out of Alabama. The numbers don't jump out at you. Seven points, three of four shooting, all in the paint at the rim. We saw him take a three in the opening game, got to the line, made his free throw, grabbed two rebounds, had one assist and two steals. So the numbers look fairly pedestrian, but when you watch him, his activity level 
and flying around making an impact defensively and able to guard so many different positions defensively and that versatility that he gives to New Orleans, at least in summer league. I don't think he's going to pull this off against, you know, seasoned NBA vets, but it shows you there's something there. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster to start the year and where his minutes might come from. And if anything, he just might benefit from an unsettled front court in New Orleans. But I don't know what he'll be able to provide there, but he does look good in summer league. He's kind of doing everything you want. He's unspectacular, but he's getting his arms in the passing lanes. He's disruptive. That versatility and switchability is such an important thing. And it's really working and helping New Orleans as a whole. So four of the two rookies, I was more impressed with Herb Jones in this one than I was Trey Murphy, even if I liked what Trey Murphy did. And look, his length and able to be a disruptor as well, three steals for him. It's looking pretty good for New Orleans, at least defensively in Summer League so far, and they're feeling like a new team, but this is only some of the guys that are going to be on the roster, and not a ton of guys who are going to get significant, significant minutes necessarily, at least to start the year. But you have to like that. The defensive approach they're taking of trying to get live ball turnovers, turn those into transition opportunities, and try and score in the fast break, and New Orleans had 20 fast break points in this one. They were forcing turnovers, getting out and running, which is exactly what Willie Green wants them to do. Kind of split-second decisions. You heard him say 0.5. That means you've got to make a decision or move the ball in 0.5 seconds. Rapid, rapid, rapid. And it comes off of these defensive plays they make. Get the ball, get the find the open man, get the ball to him, get the easy bucket in transition and score. They're doing it so far. So you're seeing kind of his MO as coach really start to come into play and seeing his imprint on the team already. Again, you're doing it against a bunch of people you've never heard of. Charlie Brown Jr., Jalen Horde, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who at least was drafted, Trey Mann, who was drafted, Theo Maladon, who's been there. No one's particularly great, right? But at least they're having success against teams and players that they should be beating. That's actually an encouraging thing in what you want. In some really, you just don't want to look bad. I'm not going to read too much into it if you look really good. But if you look bad, yeah, that's a bit of a concern. You're not even going against guys that were close to being drafted. So Herb Jones, who was drafted, should be doing better than them. So he's doing what we expect. In Summer League, thumbs up to that. I like to see that. So the two rookies really did impress in this one, I thought. More so Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, but I liked the other offensive game of Trey Murphy, who, just because his three-point shot wasn't falling, didn't just keep relying on that or kind of fade away from the game, still managed to find an impact. And then Herb Jones on defense, getting called out, by the way, by Willie Green after positively saying, man, he just guards everybody. He does. It's a big part of the reason why the Pelicans are 2-0 and in Summer League so far. So coming up, we'll talk more about Najee Marshall. Kyra Lewis Jr. and Didi Luzada, all three, I thought played pretty well in this one as well, particularly Najee. Um, and so we'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. There's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're basically sweating like through your shirt for no reason, or you're at a function or something like that, it's embarrassing. It kind of kills your confidence. Imagine if you were on a first date and you're just so nervous, you're already sweating through your shirt, trying to make a good first impression, and now you're just thinking in your, in your head at this point, right, of like, can, can she see all of that stuff? It's a disaster, or you're going to a wedding and you're going to be in photos and you want to look your best. It's not what you want. 
And that's where sweat block comes in. Sweat block wipes are stronger and more effective than clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash and just go about your day without worrying about sweat. And these things work for like seven days. You apply them once and you don't need to worry about it. No more wrecking your shirts, wondering what you can wear. You got to wear black shirts so because you can't wear something white or anything like that. You need to have these sweat, uh, these sweat block wipes. They're doctor created, they're doctor recommended, and they work for up to seven days per use. Plus, they have the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So go get your confidence back when you're out on those dates, when you're at summer weddings, when you're just sweating because it's so hot, or just to make sure you're not going to get nervous in the middle of a big presentation when all eyes are on you. They've been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, and they have over 13,000 reviews, and they're made in the USA. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you've got to check out Sweatblock. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and you can get them at CBS as well. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans also brought to you by rockauto.com. Your car, it's important. It's like your lifeline, right? It's how you go visit your friends. It's how you get to work. It's how you get around for the most part. And when your car is not running, it impacts your life in a very, very negative way. And you can't get into a mechanic or a used car dealership or a new car dealership right now. They're just filled up with people already work, get, trying to get their cars in. So you're going to have to wait a month, two, three months at times. So if you're fixing your car yourself, you need parts to do that. You can get those parts over at rockauto.com cheaper than anywhere else. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more from the same, for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Honda Odyssey fuel pump, by the way, 353 from a chain store, 216 from Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for 20-plus years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer, whether it's brake parts, motor oil, engine coolant, all the fluids that just keep your car running. You can get them cheaper at rockauto.com than anywhere else. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Com. All right, continuing to talk Summer League, the Pelicans and their 80 to 65, pretty solid dominant win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'd mentioned the defense looked good. They're active. They're forcing a lot of steals. Um, they forced OKC into 16 turnovers, 20 fast break points with the way they were playing. Also forced OKC to shoot just 33.3% from the field. They were 25 of 75. It's not a good number. Credit the Pelicans defense and everyone trying their best. And you're seeing just kind of renewed energy out there on the court. You're seeing Willie Green make his imprint on this team as a head coach, at least from what we're seeing, which admittedly is a bit of a weird lineup at times, but they look good. And the guy who's been leading them through this 2-0 start in summer league is Najee Marshall. He looked dominant in game one. He looked just as dominant in game two. He, d he doesn't need to play anymore. They do not need him to play Summer League anymore. They're, they might, and I think they're going to because I think they like seeing these performances out of him and getting him a couple of solid string of games together is only going to be a good thing. But he doesn't need to be playing at this point. He looks good enough that he is a solid guy that maybe should be starting for New Orleans, but that's a discussion we're going to have as we get closer to the start of the regular season after the offseason. In this one, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Turned the ball over more than you would have liked, but he was... Use, he was actively using the ball more and had a higher usage rate than he's going to have during the regular season when Zion and Brandon Ingram are out there. 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from deep, that's big. Consistently hit that three-point shot, and he's going to be able to really stay on the court. 
excellent defenders we saw in this. Again, doesn't have a steal or a block in this, but was actively forcing guys into mistakes, helping his team playing team defense. And we saw him really dominate a guy like Pat Williams in game one. He looked good. Like, there's just no other way to put it. He looks good. He doesn't need to be playing in summer league, but I think you'll still see him play. But maybe it's best not to risk injury. Other guys that look good for New Orleans, Cairo Lewis Jr. in this one. 12 points for him. 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep. That shot, again, starting to fall a little bit more. He looks really good in pick and roll situations. His handle looks a little bit tighter. Coming off of the pick, the dude's faster than anyone in the league other than maybe De'Aaron Fox and like one or two other guys. There's very little in the way of stopping him getting downhill and getting to the rim if that's what he wants to do, especially in summer league where he's just kind of dominating guys that just aren't able to keep up with him whatsoever. Um, He got into the paint, scored right around the rim about three times. That was great. Showed off a mid-range jumper as well. So you're seeing a couple of different things from him, which we wanted to see. Also five assists, uh, five rebounds as well. Three turnovers after none in the first game, but it was fine. Again, he's kind of running everything. The offense looks really good flowing through him. His team high in plus minus at plus 16, by the way. And then there was Didi. Didn't have a good offensive game in game one, but looked much better in this one. Three of five from the field, but mainly two of four from deep. That's what you wanted to see out of him. Three assists, moving the ball well, two blocks. His defense is good. He's active. He gets into guys. You don't really have anyone else on this team that kind of bodies guys up, really starts to kind of get into them and try and force them into mistakes or other things like that. Also, for the Pelicans, Jose Alvarado, a two-way contract guy, looks good and active on defense. He's struggling a little bit offensively, but he's shown off a nice move or two. But you're seeing him start to really get some run, and I like what they are, what you're seeing out of him a little bit. Um, energy, effort, a guy that can improve, definitely a guy that you like to have on the G League team, I think, here, um, where he's going to be spending most of his time when he, you know, and with, with occasional spot duty here in the NBA. But I've been happy enough with him on a two-way contract for New Orleans in Summer League. Not dominating like what you would like, but also this isn't really about him. It's significantly about some of these other guys out there. And that, I think, is kind of why maybe you're not seeing him kind of get into the flow of the game as much as we would like. So coming up, so that's it for Summer League 2-0. Coming up next, let's talk a little bit about Josh Hart. Buddy Heald, is there maybe a better option out there for New Orleans as well? But there's a lot going on there. So let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You've got baseball season still in full swing. The Olympics are over. But if you want to get all the latest news, odds, and info on any sport out there, including MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action, you can do it over at betonline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Are you feeling good about the impact that a guy like Trey Murphy might make? How many threes is he going to make per game at the NBA level? You can go and bet on that right now. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Put in a thousand, they're giving you $500. It's really good return. That's like you've already won a bet. So over at betonline.ag, use promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Again, promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. 
Wrapping up today's show, let's talk a little bit player moves because that's still in flux, right? The roster is not finalized here entirely for the New Orleans Pelicans. There's still one or two outstanding pieces of business. And the first one is, hey, Josh Hart's still out there. He's not back on the team. We've heard a little bit of interest from some other teams, maybe the Cavs, maybe someone else that might be interested in him. But his market, things shrunk, like really, really shrunk. There's not really money out there for him. This is where it's looking like he might take a qualifying offer or he might look to even just take a one-year prove-it deal. Dennis Schroeder just got the non-tax mid-level exception. or the, Sorry, the taxpayer mid-level exception. Like a lot of just money left on the table for him, but one year to try and prove it and to go and get that big contract another year. This is a guy who was looking for like a max deal, like hundred plus million, 80, 80 plus million, turned down an $84 million deal from the Lakers, which hindsight looks foolish, but what can you do? Josh Hart's kind of been squeezed out a little bit, I think here. So it leaves two options. Either he can come back or he can try and find a deal elsewhere or a team can maybe sign and trade him if they're willing to actually pay him some money to go there. And certainly a team that has been rumored to be interested in him, maybe the Sacramento Kings, would probably need to overpay him to get him to come to Sacramento, not a free agent destination. And that's given rise to the idea of a Josh Hart sign-and-trade where the Pelicans receive Buddy Heald back. Or maybe it's Josh Hart and Tomas Sadoransky or something like that, and then they receive Buddy Heald coming back to New Orleans. So a couple of things with this, and I tweeted this out yesterday, and I said, you know... I think I'd rather bring back Josh Hart on a one-year deal than a sign-and-trade situation where he goes to Sacramento and Buddy Heald comes back to New Orleans. And if you remember, in our mock draft we did for the Locked On NBA Network, I traded for Buddy Heald. I wanted shooting on this team. I think the Pelicans have added enough shooting in Trey Murphy, who I do think will make some sort of impact at the NBA level, and more importantly, in Devontae Graham. So, do they necessarily need more shooting with that contract, and Najee Marshall looks pretty good, right? Like, like it's factor that in. You're going to get Kyra Lewis Jr. into the lineup where he's going to hopefully be making more threes and kind of replacing Eric Bledsoe in a way, too, with some of that stuff. That's adding three-point shooting to this team. And so I don't know if you need to go and get a player as one-dimensional as Buddy Heald and on a much longer contract, or would it just be better to kind of keep Josh Hart here on a one-year prove-it deal? Something like that. I, when I think of it like that, and when you, yes, Buddy Heald's contract declines, but it's still a lot of money. The Pelicans are in position to have kind of max cap space this offseason coming up the next one. Not that they would get it, right? We just learned they're not going to really attract big name free agents. But if you do get into the playoffs, maybe that makes this look a little bit more appealing of a situation. More importantly, it's just flexibility. If you trade for Buddy Heald now with his $22.4 million this season and then 20 and a half next offseason, you lose a lot of that flexibility. And then maybe if you need that flexibility or you need that cap space because you've got something figured out, you're going to need to move a pick alongside Buddy Heald. So your draft capital then gets used just to dump contracts. They've used a bunch of that so far this offseason. You know, they traded down seven spots, plus traded a future first to get off Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And it ended up being a good trade. I don't mind that. But you also used a first to get Devontae Graham. That might work out. But another first to dump Buddy Heald. I don't think that is a great situation to be in. More shooting? Oh, yeah. Like, let's add more shooting to this team a little bit. But I don't necessarily know 
if it needs to be from Buddy Heald, who's not going to give you any defense. At times, you're really going to be able to play him and Devontae Graham. Graham being such an undersized guard who's a liability defensively. I'm not thrilled about a situation like that. I might just say, hey, keep the flexibility, have Josh Hart in a one-year deal. Maybe you can use him in a trade this season for someone who wants the expiring or to get his bird rights, something like that. I think there's more flexibility to be had, and I kind of like that a little bit better than the one-dimensional shooting that Buddy Heald brings to this team because you've got shooting elsewhere, and so that makes me feel a little bit better. If they hadn't, yeah, I'd be all for trading for Buddy Heald. But look, if if it's just you, you're, you're intent on not bringing back Josh Hart and he's got the same representation as J.J. Redick, and we know how J.J. Redick feels about the team, maybe that factors into all of this too. And the Pelicans don't want Josh Hart back. In which case, explore other sign-and-trade options. And if you have to, and you're like dead set on not bringing Josh Hart back, then yeah, you could talk me into a Buddy Heald situation where you send out Josh Hart, you bring back Buddy Heald, I just don't know if you really need Buddy Heald. Plus, there's a lot of those locker room issues that when you don't have shooting, you will look past. And now when you have some more shooting, you don't need to look past as much. Um, so that's where I stand on the Buddy Heald situation. I'm curious, and I'm sure you'll all let me know in the comments today of, would you do that sign and trade for uh, with Josh Hart for Buddy Heald? Or would you look for all other options first? Or you're just like, yeah, bring Buddy back to New Orleans, given everything that's gone on there. That's what concerns me about that. It's not so much... That I, I, I'm enamored with Josh Hart. Fun guy to have on the team. His play hasn't been particularly great here in New Orleans. He hasn't been a good three-point shooter. He is a good rebounder, but I think you get a lot of what he gives you in Najee Marshall. And I, you'll eventually, I think, get a lot of that at a higher level from Trey Murphy. So you don't necessarily need a guy like Josh Hart soaking up Trey Murphy's minutes or some of these other players' minutes. The Hart can also play the two and that helps things and kind of gives you a little bit of that and his efforts needed at times. But hopefully that'll be alleviated with a new coach coming in, new regime and kind of the shakeup of the roster and getting rid of some, you know, one guy, Eric Bledsoe, who just didn't care. So we'll see. I don't know. You, you could talk me into Buddy Heald if that's the only option out there on the table and they're like, we're not bringing back Josh Hart. Yeah, sure. Get something for him. And in Buddy Heald, you can do it. But if Buddy Heald is only there for three-point shooting and a defensive liability, and we're seeing how important the defense is in Summer League, right? To try, what they want to try and do and the way they're going to try and play during the regular season. I don't, I don't know if the fit's there as much. And that's what makes me not as thrilled about the idea of Buddy Heald as I once was. But let me know in the comments what you think on Twitter at Nola Jake, of course, as well. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening, for watching on YouTube. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe on YouTube. Helps keep this free for you all in five days a week. You like this, right? You're watching, you're listening. I know it. I see the numbers. Everything's up. It's wonderful because it's an exciting time to be a Pelicans fan. So make sure you get other people tuned in, get them listening and watching the show, share it with a friend, send them the link. That really helps. And please leave a five-star review with a comment whenever you get the chance. It takes like 30 seconds. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.